like you make it sound like you just just like you make it sound like we just ran into each other on the street. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Funny seeing you here, Alex. Uh, Hey, guys. Hey. How are you both doing today? Good. No, I just got back from the Mothman Festival over the weekend. Oh, you be quiet. You didn't go to that. (laughs) No, I wish I had. Yeah, I know. I have a friend who went to it. She sent pictures. Oh, really? Yeah, it looked really cool. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) James, how are you? Uh, Doing well. A man of many words. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad to hear you're doing well, James. Do you guys have any, as I always, I always start every episode off. Do you guys have any exciting life news to share with our listeners? Uh, about five o'clock, six o'clock this morning, I caught a fleeting glimpse, glimpse of what it may have been a UFO in the oh, corner of my eye. he did, he did. But it was probably just a light behind me reflecting <laughs> Yeah, off of the car window. Off we, of the car window. We had to take our, our daughter to the emergency room for a virus, it turned out. But when we were leaving, Aww. Alex was like, Cece, Cece, I, th- I think I just saw a UFO. And I was like <laughs> driving. I was like, okay. I saw this orange <laughs> thing pop up out of nowhere, zoom across, and then disappear. All yeah. like within. That sounds like, like most alien field of vision. I know. Yeah. I think. Hmm. I'm trying to, I'm like. He's trying to dismiss it because of the skeptic that I'm he is. Dismissing it. It, it's a, it was probably a light behind me reflecting off of it into my eye. Off of the window. Yeah. Yeah. Or off the spaceship. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> um, James, have you seen any aliens lately? Not lately. A little bit of a bust that, that uh, Area 51 raid. Yeah. Yeah. What was it? Like Next? 75 people? Something like that. And then it was, yeah. and most of them, it was just like, yeah, let's have a party and not actually raid. <laughs> and then the ones who did raid, of course, they they didn't really they get far. They, did, they didn't have the numbers they needed. Not enough of them in yeah. Naruto ran. Yeah, they all should have Naruto run. Yeah, and they gave Area 51 like three months of prep time, too. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's like, <laughs> it's like calling Batman or Kevin from uh, Home Alone and telling them, like, hey, it's three months. Well, you don't do that. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that you guys are safe and didn't go to the raid area fifty one thing. I wish it had happened. Yeah. You know, I wanted you're to see alone. the carnage on live stream. James. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was so much the carnage that interested me, but it was more the aliens that people are gonna be riding on the way out. Yeah. Just, yeah. Well that's uh, what makes you think the aliens would want anyone to ride them? We would definitely domestic. I mean, we would overwhelm them. Oh, They've already been please. captured already. You don't, you I picture it more like a them? collector, like the collector in Marvel, oh, yeah. and they've just got all of them in little pods. Oh. Yeah, that's kind of what I imagine. Although the yeah. idea of uh, like little space horses <laughs> sounds kind of fun. <laughs> I started watching a TV show called Last Kids on Earth on Netflix. It's a cartoon, but it's actually really good. And they have a little monster dog that's really cute. It's just one yeah. episode, though. Yeah, highly recommend, though. I turned it on for my daughter, and she didn't care in the least. And then (laughs) I ended up watching all of it. Um, (laughs) Listeners, welcome to the 13th Floor Podcast. If you're listening, if you've listened four minutes in, you already know what you're in store for. But this is a podcast where we like to keep things strange. I am Cece. I'm Alex. I'm James. That's James. And (laughs) we are the hosts of the 13th Floor Podcast. And this week, we are talking about more cryptids, you guys. We drew cryptids out of the magical topic vase last week. And so we're going to be talking about Mothman, the Beast of Exmoor, and the de- the Death Worm. <coughs> We've got to do a uh, icebreaker. icebreaker. Yeah, which you're in charge of, but it sounds like you're... No, I've got an icebreaker. Okay. Are you guys ready for it? I'm in ready. The, in the, the theme of cryptids, uh, we're going to... I'm going to ask this question, you guys. If you guys could have any wild animal or any creature as a pet, what would it be? When you and say why? creature, do you mean a cryptid or do you just you can, mean real Yeah, animals? if you want a choopy as a pet, that's total that's fair a game. <laughs> I think the one I would pick is I would want a dolphin. A dolphin? Yeah, that lets me ride him in the ocean and he can take me where I please. Okay, so in And if a shark attacks me, he'll just beat him. In this fantasy mm-hmm. you live by the beach, I'm assuming. Of course. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm I'm down for that. I mean, it's kind it's kind of lame, but you know, this is maybe I can get a nice tank. Of, it's uh, a nice little snorkel tank. I'll be 
A snorkel tank. There's no such thing as a snorkel, <laughs> snorkel tank. tank. There's no such thing as a snorkel tank. Well, maybe in your <laughs> fantasy air there tank. Is. And, you know, go pretty deep, swim around, make my ears pop a little bit. Maybe meet a mermaid. <laughs> maybe meet a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> um, James, what about you? Hmm. I can think of two, and they're almost identical. When I was little, I watched two movies that I, I loved both animals from. Alex, you already know what this one will be. Uh, but Free Willy and uh, <laughs> the, the no Matra, Matra, oh. and, and then also in uh, Doctor Doolittle, the original, the good one, uh, he rides a giant moth. I would love to have a giant moth pet. That'd be awesome. Wow. Flatter everywhere, and it's all cute and fluffy. If you flew yeah. on Mothra, you'd probably get knocked out by her poisonous pollen. No, she would be. <laughs> she uh, he would be immune to it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Okay. I've been, well, I've been snorting mods for years. I've developed a tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I should have picked Godzilla now so I could just ride him down deeper into yeah. the water. Hmm. A nice Godzilla, not one of the meaner ones. You mean like from the second movie? No, no he's, he's bad. Wait, are you talking about the new yeah. one? Uh, listen, I don't know. It took a while for him to simmer down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but now. Gotta let that radiation settle. That's right. Well, what about you, CC? Right. Um, I'm not, mine's not nearly as interesting as you guys. I would want a hippo to tame I a hippo. Lo- hippo. I love hippos. I actually almost said hippo and I was like, that's not fictional. That's and I kind of want to want something fictional. I, I love hippos. I want to, we, we need to see Fiona. I know we do need to see Fiona. Oh my gosh. You whoa, guys. whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's Fiona? Fiona people. Fi- Fiona the hippo. And it's In Louisville, Cincinnati. right? No, Cincinnati. Oh, Cincinnati. Yeah. I like how you're talking to me like this is something that every single person. It, um, she is a celebrity. It, it really is. <laughs> Her Instagram is, is huge. Yeah, this is the thing about Alex. He doesn't get on Facebook, which is why he probably uh, doesn't know about Fiona, which is where Fiona is like, yeah. she thrives on the internet. I only get on yeah. Twitter, and even that I'm pairing back. She's so. probably pretty yeah. big now. She photo Oh, she's massive. These. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's probably what? How heavy is she now? <laughs> she's as big as a hippo. <laughs> as big as a hippo um, but you know so you're, you're gonna have to tame you're gonna have a tame one of these though right? I mean I'm gonna have a tame one is but it so you can attack other people since they love to kill other people no I'm, mine's <laughs> mine's gonna be domesticated she's gonna I'm gonna name her um, I'm not be, being put on the spot wow I was gonna say normally you're really good at naming things and you're kind of floundering right now I would name her Trig Trig yeah I don't know why I like that name for hippo but she would be Trig. She would be Trig. Yeah, I'd have a female hippo. Um, and I'd have a little tooth. Uh, well, it'd be a big toothbrush to brush her teeth with. And we would just be best friends. I wouldn't need a car. I'll just get around on Trig. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's an odd name for a hippo, but I'll take it. I think it's a... Well, what would you name your dolphin? Cheeto? <laughs> <laughs> what would I name a Cheeto? <laughs> Clearly, he would be Bubbles. <laughs> bubbles. Okay. Oh, and then... James, what would you name your moth? Mm. Oh, that's a good one. It's hard. When you put Leppy. it on the spot, you got to think. Lep- Leppy? Yeah. Lepidoptera. Oh. Yeah. I think that's a good name, James. Thank you. Are you guys ready to hop on into our topic today? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess um, I'm going first. Or I guess, huh? Alec, I guess fly into the topic. Ooh, Alex is here. Oh, man. I forgot to work on my puns. Oh, man. Alex is going to be talking about the Mothman today. Yeah, the Mothman. And I'm not, I was, I've never known much about the Mothman. I mean, I barely knew anything about it except that it happens in the movie Mothman Prophecies. Yes. Yeah, so and I haven't seen that movie in like 15 years. I saw it when it first came out on DVD. With Richard Gere? With Richard Gere. And all I remember is you never really see Mothman and people die at the end. But that's all I really remember. But now I've learned more to share with you, dear viewer, who hopefully has not heard of Mothman, so I can teach you something new. Okay, so there's a lot of sightings of Mothman, but, well, let's do quote-unquote Mothman, and they go back really far. Some people think they go back to the 17th century. I say, BS, I think this really starts in 1966. 1966. Specifically, November 12th, 1966, which is the first, what most people have decided is the real first sighting of the Mothman. Some people Mm -hmm. think these beings popping up in other places are different. 
not the Mothman. Maybe they're the Butterfly Man. Okay. <laughs> or, or, the or something like that. Leopard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or James's butterfly he rides on. It's a moth. <laughs> which, which you know, if they only saw the top half of James riding that moth, they would think he's a mothman. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. What if that's the only reason James really wants his moth? Yeah, you, you figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. He just wants all that sweet fan art. Um <laughs> So, on November 12, 1966, five men who were digging graves at the cemetery in West Virginia saw this man-like figure fly through the trees right over their heads. And all of them saw it. And this is what's become known as the first real Mothman sighting in West Virginia. And just a few days later, and this is is the big one, where this is where Mothman really came from. November 15, 1966... Two couples, so four people. Again, this is large groups of people seeing this thing. From Point Pleasant, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallet. Apparently, they're both newlyweds, and they told police that they were on. They were out driving, and this creature with glowing red eyes appears in their headlights, and they see this thing start chasing them. Why was he chasing them? I don't know. But it starts chasing them, and it's following them. They see that they notice that this thing's wingspan is like ten foot long, or no, sorry, each wing is ten foot long. It's big. Yeah. <laughs> so he's looking at me like I'm yeah, not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and and then Mothman chases them all the way until they get to the edge of the city, and then all four of them storm into the sheriff's office and tell them what happened. So, and so the Mothman just knew that the sheriff's office was going to get him in trouble? No, but he gave, he gave up. You go into the city, it's brighter. There are more lights, easier to see. Was he trying to eat them? I don't. I didn't ask him. <laughs> I'll try to do that next time. I'll try. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just always have so many questions. But hey, they ran away. So I <laughs> They did run away. They didn't go over like, oh, we catch him. No, grab my binoculars. <laughs> grab that Mothman mouth there. Yeah. <laughs> and so they go in, and the sheriff even knew the kids and went on to tell people that he believed these kids because these are four kids are, that he knew were really good. You said they were newlyweds. Were they kids or newlyweds? They're, to him, they were kids. Okay. He described them as kids, but they're newlyweds. Okay. Oh, my gosh. These four 20-somethings, early 20-somethings. Jesus. You should get married. <laughs> Sounds like you're yeah, pitching yeah. a show now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> But yeah, he recounted that these were four good kids, <laughs> and seeing them visibly scared was enough for him to believe that something had happened. <laughs> so, oh my, what? what? <laughs> no, Are you picturing me no, picturing it? I'm, no, I'm just, I've got things going through my brain. Oh my God. Sorry. Cece's <laughs> just here laughing to herself. That's okay. <laughs> so, during the next few days, other people started seeing this thing. Uh, two volunteer firemen spotted it, and they saw what they described as a large bird with red eyes. And another sheriff believed the sightings were due to an unusually large heron. That's a pretty big heron. Which he termed a <laughs> shite poke. <laughs> That's actually a type of bird. Yeah. I, think. I don't know. I don't know anything about birds. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't buy the bird thing. They always like to use birds to describe any of these things with wings. Well, I mean, it's flying something. The naturally... Be weird if they said, "Oh, I think it's a hippo." Like, well, but he thinks it's a heron. Why would a heron chase a car unless it has rabies? <laughs> but apparently, there's <laughs> rabies. I don't know if it's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> that looks. Like, there's a, a yeah, shite poke. A shite poke. Yeah, that thing is itty bitty. Its wings look big though. Mm. Go on. Go maybe on. maybe if that thing had been doused with like Godzilla amounts of radiation, he would have jumped up to that size. Uh, we figured it but, out. That's the mystery. It's three miles on Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. But apparently the, these herons have, uh, the ones that he is referring to have red eyes at night. Like they, mm. the, the reflection off of them is kind of red. Give off the reddish hue. But these thing, these people are saying this thing's big, so I don't buy it. A lot of mm. them are describing it like they're bicycle reflectors. Which, when I hear bicycle reflector, I think they're bigger. But, you know, all these animals have those reflecting eyes that we don't have. Yeah. What's yeah. it called, James? Tap it them, loose it them. 
Tapping them loose at them. We talked about it in another episode. Yeah. Yeah. About yeah moths, moths have yeah. that. You know, you see those creepy pictures sometimes of a moth where its eyes are all shimmery. Ooh, Mothman. So, <laughs> a lot of people also, apparently Mothman started taking on more traits the more people saw them. Well, the, they probably, yeah, go on, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, they pro- as more people saw it, they're probably like paying more attention well, not 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 physical attributes, but things that would follow him. Like so, mm-hmm. suddenly, people would hear buzzing noises, like really similar to uh, tinnitus when you've got no, but more like if you if you the static on a TV, okay, kind of like that. Ooh, or some people like described it as no. yeah, yeah. Some people described that that sound would come whenever it got close by. Oh man, this is that's Silent Hill. That's how Silent Hill monsters work. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> and one guy even blamed it had the disappearance of his dog on the thing. No, oh. I don't buy that one. Yeah, but his German Shepherd disappeared. It wasn't like a Chihuahua. Hmm. I don't buy it. But wildlife biologist Dr. Robert. Yeah, it's a weird conclusion. Yeah, I think so too. Robert L. Smith at West Virginia University told people that this is definitely a sandhill crane, not a heron, a sandhill crane, oh. which is a large American crane almost as high as a man, and it can have a seven-foot wingspan, which is pretty big. Yeah, I've seen them. They live in, there's some in Kentucky, and yeah, they're flipping massive. Sandhill crane. And uh, he says he says the eyes of the cranes have reddish coloring around them. Which a lot of these people have described seeing now. Yeah. Describing a man with red eyes and a mothman with red eyes and a bird with red eyes is quite different. And these are all nighttime occasions, so I doubt they're going to be able to see the red that well. I'm not buying it, people. I'm not buying it. But I can't wait to hear what you But are apparently, buying, the reason that it caught people off guard, according to Robert L. Smith, is because the Sandhill Crane isn't native to that area, and that maybe it was one that had it had gotten off of its migration route. Okay. And so it was decided to chase cars, I guess, because he was off his migration route. So that's that's a strange yeah, behavior for a crane. I know, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. So all these sightings keep happening, and they keep happening. And then the incident that most people know about associated with Mothman, or I guess everyone that knows Mothman knows this incident, and that's the collapse of the Silver Bridge on December 15th, 1967. Oh, yeah. And the death of 46 people occur. And this Mm -hmm. incident gave rise to the legend of Mothman that connects it with the, maybe that Mothman was trying to warn the town, or... He was a perpetrator. And a lot of people kind of seem to not really know. I think a lot of people are thinking he likes to warn people now. This is how they're leaning. But it's so ominous. Uh, but, you know, maybe he was chasing those kids in the car because something bad was going to happen to him. And he was saving them. We'll never know. You'll never know. But yeah. here's an odd thing. So John Keel, and he's the guy that wrote the book, The Mothman Prophecies, that was turned into the motion picture. Very loosely. Very loosely. So <laughs> very loosely. <laughs> So, Kill, Kill, who is an experienced UFO analyst, yeah, is what he likes to call himself, I guess. Yeah, sounds right. And remember, UFOs can be anything identified. So, it, his research didn't only go for Mothman. It was be, anything. Be anything unidentified? Anything unidentified. But Mothman caught his attention. And when he saw a surge in Mothman's sightings, he wrote to his friend, uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, it's Hire, H-Y-R-E. Her name, full name was Mary Hire. And he writes, Mary, I have a good reasons for suspecting that soon there may be a disaster at the Point Pleasant area, which will not seem to be related to the UFO mystery. A plant along the river might either blow up or burn down. Possibly the Navy installation in Point Pleasant will be the center of such a disaster. A lot of people may be hurt. If this should happen, notify me as soon as you can and write the story normally. Don't even hint to anybody anything about this. One and a half months after he wrote that, the bridge collapsed. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, pretty strange. He, he kind of saw it coming. Really strange. And some readings I read about this is that Mary knew that this was going to happen. Like, she had a feeling, a the, premonition that this happened. That the bridge was going to collapse? Yeah. But there's some interesting things that have happened online since Mothman Prophecies came out. 
And that's a distortion between what's fact and what's fiction. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people seem to think that Mothman showed up at Chernobyl briefly before the before incident. the meltdown. Right. But it's kind of weird since I was joking about three mile hour. I know. Yeah, I know. And, and there's lots of there's lots of writings about it, and a lot of people think it happened. Turns out that was only a brief snippet of the movie, but that's not in his book. It's fiction, mm. and so a lot of there's a lot of fact and fiction mixed up in Mothman now because of the movie that a lot of people, since it's based on a true story, have taken of, as real. Yeah, and so it's kind of muddy the waters in an interesting way. But supposedly during the, all this time from the be- the very beginning in mid-November all the way to the bridge collapse, over 100 sightings occurred of Mothman. That's a lot of sightings. That's a lot. Now, but how many are real? Right. How many are real? Some people have disputed the data because it, some of the data doesn't give names. It doesn't give their description of the incidents. They just said, oh, I saw Mothman. Okay. Right? So... Immediately, the numbers are bumped up. And it could be something like a mass delusion almost. You know, that's a pretty scary thing to happen, especially in 1966 in a relatively smaller town. Like, people are probably going to start seeing things. If they're if everyone's afraid to go out at night, people are going to start being afraid of things. Yeah. So, that's what I think, at least. So, but, you think it's just mass delusion? Uh, I don't think it's real. That's for sure. <laughs> now, whether... The interesting thing is, if it is real, is it a cryptid? Is it something paranormal? An alien. Is it an alien? Or is it something like the Thunderbird? Ooh. Yeah, which Cece is actually the one that alerted me to Thunderbird. I did. Uh, And the Thunderbird is actually, there's some legends already in the area that exist about the Thunderbird. Which which is why it... It's so closely tied to the Mothman. But the weird thing is, is the Thunderbird's not a harbinger of anything. What's a Thunderbird, though? A Thunderbird is like this Native American creature, I guess. I don't know if I'd call it a god. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't. It usually appears whenever something unexplainable happens. So it's usually associated with lightning and thunder. Okay. And supposedly it would flap its wings, shoot lightning out of its eyes, which a lot of people associate with Mothman because it has red eyes. And so... That's how they kind of link that mm. together. You know, we didn't shoot lightning out of them. But that's really all there is tying together Thunderbird and Mothman, as far as I can tell. Because Thunderbird didn't have this, like, significant meaning. He didn't show up when something bad was going to happen. He just showed up when lightning happened. He showed up when certain <laughs> things that the Native Americans at the time couldn't explain. To be fair, that could be, like, their version of a bridge falling. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, this true. was before lightning rods. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. But there are some other explanations, and they're wonderful. And I got this <laughs> list off of list verse. So, number 10, a barn owl. Never in my oh life my have God. I seen a barn owl this massive. No, me neither. Yeah. Everybody I don't think anybody mixed those two up. Yeah. That's nonsense. Uh, an alien, as that's, we've all heard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Thunderbird. <laughs> Thunderbird. A mutant bird. We're getting there. We're getting to the weird stuff. <laughs> An angel. Now that is one creepy I angel. was actually going to joke earlier because you said he helps people. I was like, fun fact, angels are actually just giant moths. <laughs> <laughs> a hoax. Number five is a hoax. So that's what you're leaning toward, right? I don't think it's a hoax. I think people legitimately thought they saw this thing. Hmm. I don't think it was really there. But, but what if the first person who saw it, it was a hoax and then spurred off all the The, the most interesting things about it is that it's always group, not always, but initially it's groups of people, which gives it a lot more credence than a couple by themselves or just right. one guy out in a desert. I wonder if those grave diggers were drinking. I'm sure they were. Was, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't you? Wouldn't you if you had to dig graves? In the middle of the night? Yeah, I would. Oh, sounds terrifying. Mm. Uh, faulty perception. Which kind of goes to the... James, what was that? I, I think there's an illegal street race outside. <laughs> <laughs> that was some Tokyo drift noises. Yeah, no joke. It's kind of eerie. But yeah, so faulty perception, which is what I kind of think it is. Man with wings. <laughs> yeah, okay. And a plane flying machine. So we're, we're a technology's really so. far advanced I don't think so. for that one. And my favorite, number one, 
unknown. Really? <laughs> really, listeners? <laughs> you had to make a list where number one is unknown. Took the easy way out. Took the easy yeah. way out. But Disappointed. There have been some other sightings since then. Yeah. They're pretty sporadic, but even two years ago, <laughs> someone got a picture of Mothman, and you can find it online. It looks pretty good, actually. Uh, a lot of debunkers have said that it looks like it is a owl carrying a snake. But it does kind of look like a person with wings. It does. A man with wings. It does kind of look like a man with wings. Oh, <laughs> <So>. no. <laughs> but, I mean, it looks like... It looks like it has legs. It looks like everything. Now, it could easily be the snake. But the guy that took the picture said that he saw this creature hopping from treetop to treetop. And he sent pictures of it. And they've been verified as real. But a lot of people, I mean, real as in they hadn't been tampered with. I feel like Mothman wouldn't be seen. He'd be like, that guy's got a camera. Well, Mothman was like, Mothman's stuck in 1966. He's not ready for the camera phone age. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> And other people claim to have seen him on the bridge the night things happened. And someone's even taken pictures of what they thought was Mothman on a different bridge and jumping off of it. And it's kind of odd because he's kind of perched on the side, not on the top. And then the thing Mm. falls off. Some people say it's debris coming off of it. I don't know. I don't buy it. Debris that's just in the shape of a human with wings. Well, it's from far away. It's pretty, it's kind of dark, but it's during the day. But it's just really far away, so you can't really see a lot of the deep, finer details. That movie scared me so much when I saw it. I loved it. Oh, it scared me. I loved it. But yeah, it, it was creepy for sure. But and a lot of people in the town still say they believe it. But I watched a video on it, and it makes me really skeptical about Mothman because a lot of people in that town are using it to profit. There's Mothman shops, Mothman museums, a Mothman statue, Mothman, Mothman Festival. Festival. Mothman everything. Mm. And so everyone there only benefits by saying Mothman's real. So I feel like Whenever it even money comes it into it, you know how I feel. I know. But then it's <laughs> like, I don't know. I think if Mothman is real, it's an alien. An alien? Yeah. Why would an alien come here to warn us about small events? Maybe he wants to prevent something something from happening. Of course, no one, of course he's not necessarily trying to warn us. I, I feel like I keep taking that as what he probably would mean. But... What if it's like a social no experiment? Knows. He's like, I want to see what people are going to do. What if it's a government social experiment and it is a man with wings? What if <laughs> it could be? <laughs> so many, so many possibilities. That's the fun thing about Mothman. There's yeah. a lot. A lot of people claim to see him before, or some people claim to see him in other countries even before something happens. But it seems pretty. What if he's like an observer? Like that, when that, oh, that TV Marvel show, character? no, what's the TV show that we watched with the girl who has the blonde hair and the guy <laughs> and the scientist? <laughs> oh my gosh. Are you talking about the good place? Fringe. 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 Oh my gosh. Uh, that's a good show. <laughs> you just described like 50% of TV shows. <laughs> well, well, mm-hmm. there's an observer in that. Yes. What if he's like an observer? He could be. He's just watching history unfold. He's making nature shows uh, yeah. for like the BBC Ooh, I like it. Uh, Neptune. Yeah. Interesting. I hope I'm on it. Oh, I hope you're not. I don't want to <laughs> come in here. Alex, is that is that all of your Mothman? Do you have anything else you want to add? No, I'm just ready to bug out. Yeah, we're going <laughs> to bug out with James because James is talking about the death worm who what i've never heard of the death worm before so i'm very excited to learn about this picturing it as something that bores into your brain and controls you i picture uh what's that movie (laughs) tremors yeah that's what i well there's that that was an inspiration yeah yeah it's kind of funny nobody most people have never heard of the mongolian death worm but it's everywhere in subculture it's everywhere in pop culture it's it's just you you've seen it even though you haven't seen it even though nobody's technically seen it. <laughs> um, so it's the proper name for it is Olgoy Korkoy, which means large intestine worm, much Ew. grosser than Mongolian death worm. I, I like the name Mongolian death worm. It makes me think of SpongeBob, like an Alaskan bull worm. <laughs> I love that episode. <laughs> it's a good episode, yeah. <laughs> but uh, presumably it, it lives in the Gobi Desert, and it's something that's been talked about for centuries in Mongolia, maybe even before that, 
but nobody really knew about it in you know the West until 1926, when Roy Chapman Andrews, a total Renaissance man and inspiration for Indiana Jones, wrote a book, among many other books, called On the Trail of Ancient Man. And he talked to Mongolians and, you know, at, at some of these gatherings where, where these Mongolians were hanging out, they would bring up Mongolian death worm. Mm-hmm. And to a point where even like he actually spoke with the then prime minister of Mongolia and he was telling him about old Goy Korkoy. So it, it's something that's very accepted in Mongolia. Even now, like there's people that absolutely believe in it uh, over there and, and tell you, hey. Don't wear yellow <laughs> because turns out it has some weird predilection towards yellow. Uh, really That's likes yellow. So, surprising since yeah. like the desert is mostly like warmer like, yeah. colors like yellow. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of warm, one one thing that I actually find very hard to believe about it is that it is presumably homeothermic like us. So it's warm blooded. Kind of hard for me to buy into that. And in fact, the, it has seems to have a lot in common with intestines. Like it not it not only does it look like intestines, but they believe that it lays its eggs in camel intestines, and that's how it gets its blood red color. That's a little weird and hard to believe too, because you'd think at some point somebody'd at least see a a camel get eaten by one of the larvae or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in terms of uh, like pop culture, like I was talking about earlier, I mean, you got the worms from Dune, you got the sandworms from Tim Burton, you got the graboids from uh, Tremors, you got like any worm-shaped video game boss. <laughs> um, I mean, they've it's inspired a lot of of pop culture, even though the the myth of the the actual Mongolian death worm is not exactly common knowledge, at least in the West, and. Uh, Interestingly enough, <laughs> just to show how unlikely it is, there was a specimen unveiled in 1983 that was, you know, people were claiming, like, we caught one. We finally got a Mongolian death worm. Uh, it was a sand boa. <laughs> they just put in, like, alcohol or formaldehyde. So, yeah, wow. not not exactly the highest amount. That's that's probably the, the weirdest thing about the Mongolian death worm is for such a mysterious creature – there's not a whole lot of actual sightings and there's not a whole lot of like hearsay evidence. It's, it's just one of those things that people accept. It's, it's something people talk about, but it's, nobody knows anybody who's seen one, which there's a strange kind of honesty, I think, to that. Because usually like if something like most of the cryptids that we cover, there's always these, you know, yeah, my grandma, she saw one. Oh, my cousin. Yeah, he was he was on LSD, but he totally saw such and such. <laughs> But, like, in Mongolia, it's just like, yo, yeah, they're real. Uh, do you know anybody who's seen one? No. <laughs> it's kind of peculiar. It's also got a whole lot of unusual little quirks and traits that I, I find odd. Um, and, and some of them are just very realistic. Like, they seem very likely to be true. They, they, You know, it seems like something that's totally plausible. And then other things are crazy. So let, let me go over some of the more plausible things. Uh, it travels underground. You see visible waves of sand when it's uh, around. It's actually drawn to sound. That all those sound like things that worms do. You know, mm-hmm. worms can make waves. Worms are drawn to uh, sounds. That's why, I would like, if you ever pay attention to to birds, like robins, when they're in in the yard, they're kind of tapping their feet. They're they're making like little sound waves so that the worms under the ground are like, oh, it's raining, and then they come up and the bird eats them. So that makes sense. It's also not like a ridiculous sized animal. It's like two to five feet long. That's not that's not crazy. I mean, Hello. a two foot tall or uh, two foot long worm. I mean, there's there's flipping uh, night crawlers in Australia that glow in the dark that are longer than that. That's that's real. That's uh. that's way more crazy than than this. But and uh, it it has a predilection towards the color yellow. That's kind of weird. I have trouble buying that. But it, it likes to come to the surface when it rains. Well, worms do that. Yeah. It hibernates most of the year, except for uh, the middle of summer. That's totally reasonable. That, again, all of that makes a lot of sense. It likes to eat uh, parasitic plants like goyo, which I'm not going to go into because it would be just be me rambling about a flipping plant in Mongolia. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's red. Okay. Uh, worms can be red. 
None of that. None of that is weird. None of that is like, right. oh, there's no way such a thing exists. And not to mention, again, it's the Gobi Desert. It's the western southern Gobi Desert. Kind of a harsh environment. Lots of things could be out there that aren't documented or collected. Lots and right. lots and lots of things. And especially, bear in mind, this is a two-foot-long subterranean desert animal. Totally plausible that nobody's caught it for a good reason. Now let's get into the weird stuff. The, the yeah. stuff where I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. Yeah, let's get One, weird. Yeah. One, it can kill you if you look at it. Oh. If you just lay eyes upon it? Yeah. Yeah. You look at it, boom, dead. If you touch it, it ring. will burn your flesh and, and you will die an agonizing death. How can you touch it if it kills you just by looking at it? Exactly. These are some conflicting stories. Some are people you, say if you just look at it. Some people say it will shoot electricity at you and kill you. Are you sure this isn't a ring worm? Uh, is the right? Yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> oh, man. CeCe's like, uh, that was other, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. other, other people think it sprays venom, and then other people don't think it kills at a distance at all, but if you touch it, it's kind of like a poisoned art frog, except way worse, because you're, you're just in excruciating agony until you die. Uh, yeah. Maybe that's why nobody's seen one, because you die as soon as you look at it. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that that's, that's a totally reasonable argument um oh and it it also like dissolves yellow i mean it dissolves yellow it loves yellow but it dissolves uh metal oh okay um, so yeah it doesn't dissolve yellow that would uh, be, that'd be kind of crazy yeah <laughs> um it doesn't have a discernible pair of eyes or, or a mouth well again worms don't worms. so that makes yeah. perfect sense yeah i mean there's there's just so many weird things about it but most of the stuff, most of the information about them, other than, you know, the romantic name Mongolian Deathworm, which would be an awesome band name. Uh, other than that, very reasonable. Other than like the, the you know, look at it and you die thing. Yeah, not, not, that, not that crazy. Oh, one of, the, one of the weirder things about it, though, is uh, some people, I cannot emphasize this enough, this is even sillier. Some people say that it will actually like swell up and inflate and explode and kill you. <laughs> That's Ooh. like the worst adaptation I've ever heard, though. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, National Geographic actually did like a special where they were like, "We finally got footage of the death worm," and and they didn't. <laughs> it was just it was just a cameraman who's just like, "One day." <laughs> <laughs> um, and the fact that it's warm blooded. I, I can't get over that because it's interesting for two reasons. One, it's the only way I can imagine a worm actually living in the Gobi because if it was poikilothermic, you know, if, if you're poikilothermic, cold-blooded as people call it, even though I don't like that term. But anyway, if it was that, it would have a lot better range of temperatures, but really, really, really crazy high heat would be kind of difficult. So if it was actually homeothermic, and that is possible it's just i mean there's no such thing as a homeothermic worm but that could happen i mean there are homeothermic fish so like like great whites so it's not like outlandish it's just very unlikely and some people say that you know when the mouth opens there are visible teeth it's just you don't see it under normal circumstances i'd like to know who are who, who the people are that are saying all this though since it kills everybody it comes across um yeah and there's a rumor. I don't buy this either, but presumably, uh, you know, I was mentioning that snake <laughs> in formaldehyde. Presumably, the, the sand boa. Yeah. Presumably, there's a Russian museum where they have a hidden specimen of one that they found in like the 70s. Eh, I don't buy that. Uh, I mean, for one thing, who started that rumor? You know, I mean, it's Russia. It's in the 70s. That was during the Cold War. You didn't really spread rumors. During that period, because the secret police would get you. So, yeah, whole thing's a little weird. And it has a lot of interesting parallels, I think, to sort of European mythology. Because, you know, worm, if you read old, old stories, worm doesn't mean the wriggly little annelid creatures that you go fishing with. It means dragon, and it's associated with the devil. And worms, in that sense, like with a Y... Uh, they're often poisonous. Uh, sometimes they, they either breathe fire or they spit poison or they're even electric. Like like a lot of those traits are there. 
And I just, I, I find it interesting that there's kind of a, a parallel with that, even to a point like some people made comparisons between the Lambton worm and the Mongolian death worm. I think that's interesting. What's the Lambton worm? It's an English folktale where uh, Sir John Lambton fought on his estate called the Lambton estate uh, with a giant worm, which in this case is more like a dragon. So think of like a long, like we think of Shenron from Dragon Ball Z, except he's the devil. And what's funny about it is it's kind of a, a cute, kitschy little folk story. You know, I could, I, how much time have I got? Because I'm kind of done with that anyway. I, I'll just read you guys this story because I think it'd be kind of fun. And really, this doesn't deserve its own segment. But anyway, this dude, he finds a worm, a, a dragon type worm, and he puts it in his well because he's like, Forget that. I don't want no worm around. Well, it's this venomous creature. It's yeah. It's, it's this venomous creature, like toxic, and it starts eating everything growing and growing, and then it gets massive. And John's out on the crusades. So he doesn't even know about this. And then he hears about it and then he's like, What? And then he goes back home and it's gigantic. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I'll, I'll read you guys the poem because it inspired a song slash poem. And I think it's just a fun, cute little. It's, it's like, again, think of St. George slaying the dragon, but like silly. It's like the Saturday morning cartoon version. I like your interpretation better because it's yeah. not like him going, like, Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I like your interpretation. Here's the, here's the song. And bear in mind, some of this is like older English, so it's going to sound a little weird. One Sunday morn, young Lambton went to fishing in the Ware, that's a river, and catched a fish upon his hook. He throat looked very queer. But what kind of fish it was, young Lambton couldn't tell. He wasn't fish to carry him, so he hoidooned down a well. In other words, he threw it down a well. <laughs> wished lads, <laughs> yeah, wished lads had your gobs and tell your awful story. Wish lads had your gobs and tell you boot the worm. (laughs) 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 No Lambton felt inclined to gain and fight in foreign wars. He joined a troop of knights that cared for neither wounds nor scars. And off he went to Palestine where queer things him befell and very soon forgot about the queer worm in the well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this makes me want like uh, grog or something. <laughs> but, but the worm got fat and grewed and grewed and grewed in apple size. He great big teeth, a great big gob and great big goggly eyes. And when he meets, he crowds a boot <laughs> to pick up bits of news. If he felt dry upon the rood, he'd milk a dozen coos. <laughs> cows. This fearful worm would often feed on calves and lambs and sheep and swally little barons alive, that's children, when they lay doomed to sleep. And when he'd eaten all he could, he'd had and had his fill. He crawled away and lapped his tail ten times from Pincha Hill. That's wrapped and not, it's pronounced lap for whatever reason. Again, Old English. This news of this most awful worm and his queer gannons on and crossed the seas, got to the ears of brave and bold Sir John. So him he came and catched the beast, and cut him in two halves. And that soon stepped his eaten bairns, and sheep, and lambs, and calves. <laughs> <laughs> so now you know who all the folks on both sides of the ware lost lots of sheep, and lots of sleep, and lived in mortal fare. So let's have one to brave Sir John that kept the bairns from harm, Save cows and calves by making halves of the famous Lambton worm. <laughs> so that's it. <laughs> oh, man. It, who wrote that? Uh, Lambton? Uh, no, no. It, he's more like a folk hero. It's from uh, C.M. Lumain. Yeah. That was but, fun. Yeah, even that. Like, this was <laughs> an old story that, that Lumain made a song out of. It was probably like a folk song before that. Wow. Yeah. talking about scary worm, man. <laughs> Those worms. Yeah. Uh-uh. Uh, oh, yeah, you know what? Even Jabberwocky. There's a, thought, there's a fun one that I hadn't even thought of. I bet you Jabberwocky was inspired by either that or uh, the Death Worm. Hard to say which. Again, pop culture, man. Everywhere. Yep. But, uh, yeah. Everywhere. I'm, I'm done with my segment. Well, that was fun, James. Thank you for teaching us about the Death Worm. And thank you. And the Lampton Worm. And, oh, yeah, the Lampton, the Lampton Worm. Worm. That was a bonus, you guys. <laughs> 
All right, so I guess it's my turn? Yes. All right. Today, I will be talking about the Beast of Exmoor. Right. Sounds scary. Yeah. <laughs> Except for his roar. That was kind of puny. Well, as with most of our cryptid stories, I have given this creature a nickname. Oh. And I waffled between Beastie and Mori. Oh. But I, I ended up on Beastie. So I'm going to call him Beastie throughout most of this. Beastie. So it's easier. It rolls off the tongue a little bit easier than Beast of Exmoor. So what is Beastie, y'all? Uh, he's a cat. He's a big cat. <laughs> a big old fluffer nutter who likes to eat sheep. <laughs> Which, when I was doing my research, it ha- gave me flashbacks to Choopy mm-hmm. because Choopy eats sheep. He does. But anyways, Beast of Exmoor is not a Choopy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're here talking about Beastie. So, And she deserves a segment all her own. Mm. And I'm assuming she's a girl because most of our cryptids, I don't picture them being girls, but Beastie's a girl. Okay. And... She's actually relatively new to the cryptids. I just assumed scene. all the cryptids had two gen, or there was two different genders. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, probably. <laughs> she was first spotted in the 1970s, roaming the countryside of Exmoor, mm. Devon, in the United Kingdom. Oh, yeah, they listeners, have, they got a lot of stuff going on. They got, over there. they got a lot of stuff going yeah. on. They got the Lambton Worm. They've got. I think they they've got uh, Black Shuck. Yeah, yeah Black, Black Shuck. Shuck. Well, listeners, if you don't know much about Exmoor, just search it on Google and look at pictures because it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to go to Exmoor now. Mm-hmm. Not just to look for the oh, Beast of Exmoor. I thought you were saying the Beast of Exmoor was gorgeous. <laughs> no, like, well, she sounds very pretty. Yeah. A nice, sleek coat of black fur. Uh, but Exmoor apparently has a giant cat sporadically killing livestock. So let's discuss the history of Beastie. <laughs> First, reportedly sighted in the 1970s. The Beast of Exmoor is said to be a couple of different colors, actually. Mm. Some people say she's black. Some people say she's gray. Some people say she's like a brown color. And when I close my eyes and I picture her, like in my brain, she's black. Okay. Okay. But people would report seeing this large cat that was just way too big to be a house cat. And that's that's all the mystery really entailed up until <laughs> okay. 1983. It's the same year that James says they caught the so-called... Oh, yeah. Beast. oh sorry. yeah, Mongolian. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so a lot of weird cryptid stuff was going on in 1983, you guys. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, things got a little weird in 83 because this is when Beastie started to consume the flesh of a livestock, especially sheep. <laughs> <laughs> a farmer named Eric Lay claimed that he had lost uh, 100 sheep in a matter of months. Sorry. <laughs> What? I thought I saw a bug in the corner of my ju- eye. Cece just jumped and there was nothing moving. <laughs> she, just, she just like jumped to the side like, what was that? I'm just thinking about the lambton worm. Um, <laughs> but Eric Lay says that he lost a whole bunch of sheep in just a couple of months and that they all had died of, quote, violent throat injuries. Mm, sacrifice. That's what literally every website on the Beast of Exmoor said. Oh. And I guess that's probably how big cats kill their prey. Is that right, James? Yeah, they go for Yeah, they usually cut the throat or uh, break the neck, depending. Um, The only exception I can think of, I'm pretty sure, I can't remember if it's jaguars or tigers, one of them crushes the skull. Ooh. Possum answer, James. (laughs) What? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds horrific. Yeah, sounds horrific. Oh, my Um, God, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> animal funds. Oh, man. Uh, the injuries suggested that they had been carried out by a creature larger than the typical Exmoor predator, uh, but only after public outcry for protection from Beastie, the Royal Marines oh, get wow. involved. They were called in to try and nab the cat, but... <laughs> oh, why? Cat nab? <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. This is wonderful. They did not succeed. I just see CC trying to keep from uncontrollably laughing right before she drops one of those. You guys, I can't. I can't take it. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, they did not succeed. One website is multistorytheater.co.uk listed that Marines thought they had cornered Beastie by chasing her into a barn. But when they got... Here we go. When they, 
You guys, I can't read my notes because I'm crying. Sorry, I need to calm down. I need to calm down. Okay. There's no pun here. There's, there's not a pun. There's no pun here. Oh my God. I, I need to go get a drink of water. I'll be right back. Don't read them. No, don't you look at my notes. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard my head hurts. I just, I th- I just assumed you would set yourself up. Wow. Yeah, yeah, me too. I was like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> here it comes. Man. She's coming back. Taking big breaths like she's in Lamaze class. We never took Lamaze class, did we? No, thank goodness. You never had a contraction. There's nothing more. I, I got through my entire pregnancy without one contraction. Okay. Okay, so the Royal Marines thought that they had cornered Beastie in this barn, but when they went in the barn, she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. She simply was not there. Mm. So they thought they thought they that they had cornered her. So they've been tracking her down. Yeah, they thought that they they I guess that they saw a giant black cat go into a barn vanish. and they're like, oh we're gonna catch her. Yeah, because she wasn't in there when they mm. got in there. But the thing about Beastie is that there have been a ton of sightings and some people have even snapped pictures of her. So like Chupacabra, you guys, there is photo evidence. Of mm. the beast of Exmoor. And she looks majestic and beautiful, but also like she'll claw your eyes out if you get too close. What does she actually look like? What, what's the real answer? No, she does. It looks like a black cat with a giant long tail. So a panther. Yeah, a yeah. panther. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, basically a panther. Uh, but one website actually showed a pretty grotesque pi- picture of a sheep mm. that had like the flesh ripped off the back of its leg, I think. I didn't look too close, but it was pretty gross and it upset me mm. because it was pretty. Clawful. <laughs> but it certainly grossed me out. Uh, but the picture of Beastie herself, they aren't perfect, okay? <laughs> They're a little blurry because aren't all pictures of mythical creatures supposed to yeah. be? Yeah, they have to be. Yeah, they have to be. So they're all a little blurry and a little pixelated, but they are pictures nonetheless. So you guys, we do have pictures of Beastie. And it does look like a cat if you look at them. You can see. But they, they look like a big cat, like, skulking around mm-hmm. in, like, tall grass. Is that the picture where it's, like, on a hill and you can just see, like, its top half and it kind of looks like this big cat? Kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. There, I mean, there are a couple. A lot of people have taken pictures yeah. of her. I actually have one personal account to read from a website called DevonLive.com. It's from a guy named Mark. No last name provided because privacy, <laughs> I guess. But I imagine if you see a quote-unquote phantom cat, you might might get a couple of reporters knocking at your door, so you probably don't want to give them your last name. <laughs> so anyways, this is Mark's account of the Beast of Exmoor. He says, quote, On Sunday, July 30th, 2010, at 11.35 p.m., I was driving from Barnstaple to Minehead and was halfway between Exford and Whedon Cross. I love English town names. Yeah, well, they're very specific. Every single account that I read was very specific on the like the exact location that they spotted it. Mm-hmm. And also the exact time. This sounds like it's going to be quite the tail. The, the tail. <laughs> a black cat, just bigger than an Alsatian dog, ran out from one side of the road to the other, stopped in the road as I drove toward it, and hesitated for a second, and went back into the hedge it initially appeared from, but then climbed the opposite hedge, facing towards Dunkery. It looked directly at me. Its eyes were emerald green and its tail was the length of its body. If not longer, with a rounded tip. <laughs> I've worked on the National Park <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> for seven years. I never saw anything like it before and never believed it until now. End quote. <laughs> that rounded tip really got you, didn't it, <laughs> But this guy saw it really, like, he saw it clearly. Like, he could tell you that it had a rounded tip tail. Mm-hmm. And it climbed into the hedges, you guys. But the thing that makes me go, huh, was that he says that it kind of hesitated, which is like when, you know, when you're, like, driving and a cat runs in front of the road, it, like, stops for a second. It's like, wait a minute. Do I need to be out here? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I liked that. That was a nice little touch. A nice little detail. Yeah. But that's basically how most of the witness stories go. A big cat walking amongst hedges. There are lots of hedges. Uh, crossing the road, what have you. So it it's moving, which indicates that it's alive. And it's big, which indicates that it's When ghosts move, large. are they alive? What? <clears throat> when ghosts move, are they alive? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a group called the Center for Fortean Zoology in North Devon. 
and they are founded in 1992, and they basically look into reports of, like, mysterious creatures and try to prove or disprove as to whether or not they're real. Interesting. So they've looked into the Beast of Exmoor. Yeah, it's, it's actually very interesting, although their website's kind of like, you know. Um, but they've looked into the Beast of Exmoor, and they found some compelling evidence for there being big cats in the United Kingdom, which there shouldn't be. But, uh, well, at least not this type of cat. Their founder, a man named John Downs, claims to have spotted a puma in the wild. And pumas are from the Americas, not jolly old England, yeah. so that's a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. But John says back in 2010, some animal hair was found, and they tested it at two different labs. And both results found that the hair belonged to, like, a sub-Saharan species of leopard. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm, I'm leaning towards eccentric nobility. <laughs> Would you like to see my exotic yeah. cat collection? Oh, no, one ran away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to some of the explanations for the Beast of Exmoor. I'll start with the wackiest and kind of drill down to the most logical, possibly. I'll let you decide which one you guys buy into, okay? Mm. Number one, Beastie is an interdimensional being. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I'm not kidding around, you guys. Some people think this. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like literally every cryptid we talk about is claimed to be an interdimensional yeah. being, so this one didn't really surprise yeah. me too much. But people kind of argue like, oh, it has to be interdimensional because it went into the barn with the Royal Marines and then it just vanished. Yeah. The only explanation for that, interdimensional being. <laughs> But anyways, or it was hanging up above above but, them like Spider Man, well, you know, you know, I like a, a Bagheera. Is that the name of the the panther? And that's Jim, actually right? what I think of when when people when you've been talking about. It, I just keep mentally picturing Bagheera. Yeah, yeah. Bagheera. And Bagheera climbs a tree, sits in a tree, yeah. Yeah, watches things happening below. Yeah, he'd be just sitting in the rafters. But anyways, number two, Beastie is a large dog or a cat whose size has been greatly exaggerated. And I kind of actually do get this in some of the pictures that I looked at. Because it's like when I first looked at the pictures, I didn't know any of the possible explanations. So I was just looking at them like, oh, that's a big cat. But then if you kind of go back and look at the pictures, one of them looks like it could be a dog with like its ears kind of kind mm-hmm. of down. And then another one, it's a cat with a really long tail. But if you look at like the background, what it's standing in, it looks like it could possibly be just a zoomed in picture of a cat. Mm-hmm. So it looks bigger than it actually is. Because a lot of these pictures, like, some of them, there is some scale, so it's a little bit like, okay, that could be a big cat. But some of them, it just looks like it could be a house cat that's Ooh. they've zoomed in on mittens or something. <laughs> I don't know. Or they could just be edited photos. Right. Yeah. Like, I could probably throw a picture of – I could probably make a photo of, quote, unquote, beastie in Photoshop easily. Uh, the most logical explanation, though, you guys. And, James, you weren't too far off. It's alien. <laughs> <laughs> no, Beastie is a big cat that was released from a private collection. Uh-huh. In 1976, the United Kingdom passed something called the Dangerous Wild Animals Act that basically made owning exotic animals illegal. So a ton of people had like big cats as pets, and so they just like released them. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm back yeah. and just. Come I mean, there's more yeah, there's more tigers in in Texas than there are in India to give you a perspective on how insane private collectors are. That shouldn't be allowed. Well, here's the only issue with Beastie possibly being like from a private collection is that these big cats, their lifespan is usually only 12 to 15 Mm. years and people are still seeing Beastie today. So, Mm, so they've been feasting on barons. They, (laughs) or that, or they've been, they've been breeding. And I feel like if a a lot were released, that's a possibility. But the thing that also gets me here is, it's been 43 plus years since this happened. Why haven't we found Beastie's lair? Mm. You know, it's got a lair. I think it's interesting that, like, if you, and it makes more sense in America, but still, you go to rural America anywhere, doesn't matter, Kentucky, Vermont, people see big cats, usually big black cats. Like, everybody, I know people in Knox County who's like, I swear I saw a flipping panther the other day. It's like, okay. So uh, I think it's kind of interesting. Uh, it's it's weirder because it's Britain because it's like, you know, here at least like native wildlife from Central America and even the southern southeastern U.S. could migrate up theoretically. It's not likely, but, it's you know, but England that, you know, that's not going to happen. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that a lot of pe- places people see panthers 
Did you guys see what was recently found walking on rooftops in France? Uh, no. A giant black panther. Whoa. Really? Yeah, they caught it with a. They crawled into somebody's uh, somebody's house and they had to like shoot it with a dart gun <laughs> and knock it out and oh, take it to a zoo. But yeah, it's just horrendous. they they said that what I read was that it had nicely manicured nails, which means it probably uh, belongs. So it just got back from the salon. Yeah. yeah, just got back from the salon and it's just like hanging on top of rooftops. Had too, had one min, too many glasses of wine at the salon. Yeah, those yeah. those urban elitist panthers in Paris. <laughs> yeah. But if you look you can look it up online right now. It's actually it's really pretty little kitty cat. I mean mm. big kitty cat, I guess. I can't so, wait to add it to my collection. Yeah. <laughs> What do you guys think? Do you think there's any possibility that Beast is real? <laughs> Absolutely. I think it's the most plausible of the three, really. So do I. I think that there is a possibility that there could be just a big old black cat walking around. Yeah. There's no, there's no tailing how many of these <laughs> creatures have been released into the wild. If I ran into uh, BC out in public, I would be hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But she'd probably kill me. I imagine she'd be a formidable opponent. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, All right, I'm done. I'm done. I feel like Tex Avery wrote this episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun one. That was a fun one. It was. I think as soon as Cece Ross, the Beast of Axe was a cat, she was like, this is going to be fun. Yeah, Alex, I, yeah, I have one to, more. To pepper some cat puns. You yeah. have one more? Yeah, well, I had one more, but you didn't oh. give me an opportunity to do it. Oh, what was it? I don't need any of your catitude, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. No. That's it. That's my last cat pun. At oh. least for, for right meow. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. That is the Beast of Exmoor, you guys. Oh, wow. Yeah. Meow. <laughs> that was fun. I hope you guys fun. enjoyed learning about just basically a, a giant black panther that's roaming England. Do you sure guys have did. anything more you want to add to our cryptids talk? No, I don't have anything. Mothman. I don't believe in Mothman. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really buy Mothman. I think he's. Yeah, I think he's the most interesting of the three, but I also think he's the least likely. I agree. I think that he's very interesting to think about, but do I think he actually exists? I hope not. It's terrifying if he does. Yeah. Eh, I don't know. It, it, the, the most suspicious thing is that two different groups of people saw him. Now, how widespread the first report was with the gravediggers? Bef- like, did, did the second group know about the first group? That would really uh, affect yeah. my opinion on it, but I, I still don't, I don't buy it. And then the death worm. I actually do believe that there might be a creature out there that's like that, but... Not that you look at and die. Yeah, yeah. Just like some big worm that lives out in the desert. Oh, yeah. Who knows how many things are out in the desert that we don't know about. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then, obviously, Beast of Exmoor is totally real. It's possible. I mean, really, yeah. I mean, I'm more inclined, like, if, 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 like, probability-wise, I'd say it's more likely that it's real than not real. Well, there you have it. James's, (laughs) James's truth. Um, are we, are we ready to pick out next week's episode yeah. from there, the boss? Did everybody on Instagram agree with me about the vase? Or did anybody say anything? Uh, we got some likes, but that's about it. Nobody said anything about it. But we're, uh, we're going to pick out next did week's episode. Did you expect there to be, like, just these comments? Like, how could you have got that vase? <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, really man. hoping, yeah. It's yeah. a beautiful It's going to be really divisive. Oh, man. It's got a crack in it, though. Oh. All it right. has a crack in it? I didn't know that. It looks like it. What do we, what do we got? Yeah. All right. Alex, pick it out. All right. We are doing... Ooh. <laughs> Superhuman abilities suggested to us by Rory P. Thank you, Rory, for your suggestion. Thanks, Rory. All right, so next week, you guys, we're talking about superhumans. Is it possible to read the minds of other people? You know, this is going to be an interesting one. Yeah, it is. Because there's some. Oh, is it just reading minds? No, it's anything. Any superhuman strength. I mean, I remember there was this world record. And this old guest book, or world records book, I saw that uh, it's like the most weight someone had put on their testicles. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting it to go that way. Yeah, that was at a left well. field there. All right. Um, with that, I think <laughs> Alex 
Now Alex is giggling. He's cackling. <laughs> I'm just so glad. I, I could just hear you both be dumbfounded. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to now. I want to know how much weight was it. Uh, but we'll find out next week. You'll have to to get that piece of information for us. Um, <laughs> you guys, if you don't follow us already on social media, I hope you will join the 13th floor community. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at 13th floor podcast or on Twitter at 13th floor pod. And we hope that you will rate review and subscribe to this podcast. If you enjoy it. And Alex, who does our music? Our music is by Grant cook. Uh, the song is signal and you can find his music on Amazon music, Spotify, YouTube music, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music. Yes. So look him up and until next time, you guys, Keep, Keep it, it straight. straight. Change. Oh, man, that's a <laughs> <the> ball, that <laughs> one. <laughs>